Hello and welcome back to another episode of That's What People Do. It's been about six years since we last recorded one, so let's introduce ourselves all over again. My name is James <laughs> Kay and I'm joined by Ryan McGowan, as always. How are you, Ryan? Hello, I'm Ryan McGowan, if you don't remember who I am. Um, we've got quite a few new listeners at the moment. Um, we did, I recorded like a little trailer for what's sort of coming up. Um, where I mentioned, you know, we've got quite a lot of new listeners who have been kind enough to message us um, recently and let us know how we're getting on um, and that they're absolutely loving the show, which is great. Um, so, so what yeah. you're saying is we need to just stop making episodes and just put out little two-minute this-is-what-coming-up episodes and that gets us more listeners. Apparently, they are quite fun. I do enjoy making them. Yeah, I thought it was very good. I thought it was really good. I like the background music. Yeah, it's all about the music. But yeah, yeah. we're back, we're back. So uh, obviously, yeah, this was a filler episode, isn't it? Uh, yes, uh, this will be quite a, a short, sharp episode, I think. Still enjoyable, though, just uh, for your little commute to work or lying in the sun, trying not to die, as I'm currently doing. Yeah. It's fucking hot. Are you outside? No, does it sound like I'm outside? No, uh, just you're in the sun, I, I assumed you were outside. That'd actually be quite nice. Do you reckon I could move? And anyway, just take all my stuff outside and sit there and yeah. record outside. I reckon I could, you know. No, too much outside noises. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that. It's, it's much hotter out than it is in. But yes, we're back is the point of the last minute and a half. Um, if I'm a bit low energy today, it's because I'm a little bit hungover. I did a lot of day drinking yesterday. Uh, Ryan's been working. I've been at uni. And there we go. So, today, Mr. Cruel. I discovered Mr. Cruel on the popular app TikTok I was scrolling through, as you do, uh, and I, I came across something on my view page that went, it was just this girl being like, I'm really into like serial killer documentaries, and some of them like I just really get into, but Mr. Crawl really freaked me out, and I thought, well, that's reason enough to do it then, isn't it? Yeah, well, I when, you, when James told me uh, who we were going to be talking about this week, I had a quick little Google when I was making the little trailer, and I was like, oh my God, like this is quite... This could be quite intense. It is quite it's quite an intense one. It's not up to Ryan's usual standards of people being cut open and that kind of stuff. But <laughs> in terms of like I like to do trigger warnings at the start of like episodes like this just in case. Um it does involve a lot of uh stuff that might people might find triggering in terms of sexual activity with a minor, rape, <clears throat> things like that. So if that is something you don't want to listen to, see you for Mormons part two next week. Um <clears throat> But if that is something you're interested in, not interested in, that's the wrong way of phrasing it. If that is something you don't mind listening to, stick around. Stick around. It's only going to be a little short episode, but it should hopefully freak you out so you won't sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're going to take you to the land down under Australia. And I don't think we've ever done a nice person from Australia. Every time we've been there, they've been fucking horrific. So. Yeah, no, we really haven't. We haven't done a nice person from Australia yet. And I'm sure there are many of you. Maybe. If, if you're a nice person from Australia, write to us. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to take you to the city of Melbourne, which is in the state of Victoria. And we're going back in time to August 22nd, 1987. It's the early hours of the morning and families are resting and the streets are quiet. But there is a man not asleep. A man who is about to become one of Australia's biggest nightmares. A real-life boogeyman, Mr. Cruel. He removes a panel from a window and enters a family home. He moves to the bedroom of the adults of the house and wakes them. He instructs them to get on their front and he ties them up, leaving them unable to move. 
He then moves to the bedroom of the children and ties one of them up also. He then sets his eyes on the 11-year-old girl. He takes her to the bathroom of the family home where he begins sexually assaulting her. The ordeal lasts around two hours where Mr. Crawl would take breaks from the sexual activity to stroll through the family home, even sitting himself down in the kitchen and making himself a meal. And he also oh. stole some valuables. He would then exit through the front door and off into the night. And this is the first recorded case of Mr. Crawl's activity. That's so fucking messed up. The thing I is, just, I think the audacity as well of, yeah. of making yourself a meal while everyone else is tied up. That's the bit I was going to try and hit at is that it's it's the it's the the sheer confidence in what you're doing to stop, yeah, take a break, make yourself some fucking food, eat it, and then go back to doing what you're doing. That's horrific, and and it's one of those. Um, and and sorry, like if like as James mentioned, like disclaimer wise, it, it, it's quite horrific and 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 potentially triggering. Um, so I apologise if what I say as well could offend and upset. But trying to imagine it from the victim's perspective, like that the things happened, and then the man stops and disappears from the room, and you think that it's over, but you can hear him just in the house still. Like, he's not left. He's still around. And then you can just imagine, you can hear cutlery. Like, a knife. Like, when you, like, open your drawer and you, like, grab a couple of knives and they rattle against one another. And you think, what the fuck is this person doing? And then you think, is that person making a fucking... And, and then and then the person comes back. Like, I can just... From the victim's perspective, I imagine that's fucking horrific. Yeah. It, it, especially for the parents as well just tied up in their bedroom oh, to listen to all of this going on I have no doubts that the girl was probably not quiet about the whole thing um, although there is certain stuff in, in further cases where he does gag his his victims so perhaps that's what happened here um, yeah. but yeah we'll get onto it towards the end and a little bit further down of sort of like theories about how he operates and stuff like that mm. because as you might know from the name Mr. Cruel um, there isn't a name for this guy what? He, we don't know his name. It's, it's an unsolved, like it's an unsolved case. No. This, spoiler alert: oh. he never gets caught. So. Right, carry on, carry on, because this is. Oh my god, no, carry on. Yeah. So he's only known as Mr. Cruel. Okay. Mr. Cruel, a man whose identity will baffle investigators for decades, would operate with a gun and a knife, and never removing his balaclava. A man who puts time and thought into his attacks. Everything is premeditated and planned to perfection. 1988, he strikes again. Ten-year-old Sharon Wills. Her and her sisters slept in the same room in bunk beds. Mr. Crawl breaks in during the early hours of the morning. Parents tied up. He then goes and takes Sharon from her bed. He kidnaps her and takes her to another house. Sharon Wills, Sha John Wills, Sharon's father, gets free of his restraints after 15 minutes. He tries to use the phone, only to realise the phone lines had been cut. He runs to the neighbour's house to notify the police. He begins to roam the streets looking for any sign of his daughter, but there's nothing. She's gone. The police scour the streets. It's a big investigation, and after 18 hours, a woman discovers Sharon wandering the streets in a man's white shirt. She'd been dumped from a car. During the experience, she'd been bound, blindfolded and gagged. Sharon was very helpful and told the police everything she could. 
She never took off her blindfold, except when he left her alone for a second where she took a brief look into his bedroom. She noticed a video camera. He'd been recording what he was doing. Uh. She described the layout of the bedroom to the police. She said in between assaults, he was very courteous. Before releasing her, Mr. Krull thoroughly cleaned her to remove forensic evidence. He was very calculated, almost as though he knew the forensic process. So that's attack number two. Mm. And that's, that's, I think, quite interesting, an interesting little detail when you're saying like almost like he knows the forensic process. Yeah, he 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 was very. It sounds horrible saying it like this, but he was very sort of good at what he did. No, I I know what you mean. Yeah, I I, I get what you mean by that. Yeah. So. He, but as you can see, his his activity begins to escalate. The first attack, he would do it in the family home, and then and then leave. And now he's 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 taking someone, which is an escalation of. Uh, of his activities. Um, but one thing I find it fascinating that he he would just release her after eighteen hours, just just let her go. Yeah, but I think well, it's almost very confident that he will never get caught. Yeah, no, you're right, and it's I think it goes back to that um, uh, cleaning, like methodical cleaning of her, almost like he knows what they're gonna look for, he knows what evidence it mm. is they need, and so like confident in the fact that she don't know what he looks like, she doesn't know where she's been, just drops her off shouldn't be a problem like this is just like yeah man like the audacity to do that and the fact that he was courteous to her in between sexual assaults that's this like the psycho bit isn't it where like he has no consideration or empathy for her like Mm. he can just switch on it he can pretend to be nice and do what he needs to do and then just switch right back again yeah Absolutely. So, July 4th, 1990. 13-year-old Nicola Linus, a British family who had moved to Australia. The parents were out at a dinner party and she was alone with her 15-year-old sister. Mr. Krull breaks in and operates in his same sort of way. But before leaving with the victim, he steals some things. It seems as though he was a burglar who saw opportunities. He instructed Nicola to gather her school uniform. Mr. Krull turns to 15-year-old Fiona, her sister, and gives her a message. He instructs her to tell her father that if they ever want to see Nicola alive again, they would have to pay $25,000. Mr. Krull then takes Nicola away from the house and off into the night. However, the ransom was a diversion. Mr. Krull appears to lay down a lot of false trails to throw police off of his trail, because Nicola was found after around 42 hours, still bound and blindfolded, but near the family home. The ransom meant nothing. Mr. Krull had treated Nicola exactly like the others, sexually assaulting her, but also taking breaks, and she was never allowed to see her assailant. And one of the most heartbreaking things about cases like this is the aftermath. Children generally just want to see their parents. Sometimes they haven't quite understood the events that have just taken place and the horror they've faced. And also the parents just want to run and hug their child, but they have to wait. The parents are unable to hug the child as they need to be examined for forensic evidence. After the detectives were finished examining Nicola, the parents were finally allowed to hug her, and everyone in the room, even the hardened detectives, were crying. Nicola gave information that did help detectives understand a flight path over a certain amount of suburbs. She heard planes, and that gave detectives a singular runway that sort of narrowed it down. Both Nicola and Sharon, the victim from earlier, went to the same private school. 
it appears to me as though he he the, the, obviously these are premeditated, but he sort of stakes out his victims first for a very long time, sort of knows their routines. Yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah, he knows the routine. He he knows who to go for. He's picking them correctly. Like he knew the parents mm. were out that night. He knows that there's a 13 and a 15 year old in that house. I think yeah, he's. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Uh, there's been a bloke hanging around recently just sitting in his car or something just watching the house or just really just learning uh, uh, sorry cause for not really necessarily paying attention to the dates exactly but um how long uh is the gap between these attacks usually it's about a year so the first one was 97 then it was 98 and this one was 99 yeah uh, no, sorry uh, yeah 99 yeah i think that i think that gives no not 99 1990 yeah, so I think I think that gives sort of uh, credence to that idea that he very very methodically stalks and plans these attacks. Um, yeah. But you you were mentioning um, the aftermath, and like when you actually say it like that, it 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 really brings home how hard it must be for all involved, because you know the. Law officials, police, and whatnot—they they really want to help, right? They want to catch this dude, mm. and and they know that the way they do that is by collecting evidence. But that evidence is a person, and how do you deal with that person? And like you're saying, like all all the the victim, the child, all they want to do is be with their parents, but they they can't. They can't touch yeah. them because it could be contaminated and. And you know, and and then and then they're having to go for that horrific ordeal of explaining what's happened, and then possibly all those physical examinations to collect samples of DNA or whatnot. And then the parent is just like unable to fucking do anything at that point. That's hard, mm. man. That's got to be hard. Yeah, I it, it's especially because I uh, during the I, I I watched a documentary based on this, and they have footage. I think it was of Sharon. Um, sort of being taken home by her father and stuff and and she was smiling and laughing almost as if she had like no sort of awareness of what just the horror of what just happened to her and i have no doubts later down the line in future life that it will have really hit yeah. home but at that moment she was just really happy to be home and see her family and and then the gravity of the situation hadn't really mm, that's got to be a defense mechanism or something kicking in surely yeah but her father even to this day blames himself because he was the man of the house uh <laughs> That can't. I, I don't like that because I think that I think that goes that that goes back to like a, a a type of masculinity that is what we would call today quite toxic. You know, like it's not your fault just because you're the man doesn't necessarily mean that yeah. you, know, you had to be the one to protect at that point and it's it, it's not his fault. That's 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 not fair on himself. No. It must be so difficult though because in in his head he let not let but you know this happened to yeah. his his daughter on his watch mm. yeah yeah you'd never go over that there's, there's footage of him and like he just looks broken yeah i can understand that almost like um it, it reminds me of um our sylvia likens episode where you know when the parents mm. after poor sylvia likens dies uh and then the parents are like we 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 left this we left our child in the care of this person who's done this I can mm. understand the, the 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 guilt, but no, you can't. You 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 never know. It's like one of those like you know you can't blame yourself for 
someone being hit by a car or something. You just never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. John and Phyllis Chan owned restaurants in Melbourne. They were out of their house a fair bit, and Mr. Cruel knew this. Saturday, April 13th, 1991, Mr. Cruel strikes. He removes Carmen Chan from her home in a manner that is expected with his attacks. However, this one was a little different. He spray-painted, payback, more to come, onto the family car. This was a reference, there was also a reference to Asian drug money, another false trial, perhaps. Throughout the investigation, John had to defend himself countless times regarding his connection with Asian drug money. However, there were no links, so it's very likely that this was Mr. Cruel trying to throw police off of his mm. trail. Now, this is the one that really changed Melbourne. Parents wouldn't let children out of their sight. Although Carmen Chan was obviously not the first, there was evidence that Mr. Crawl had been linked to at least 12 assaults, but this one was definitely the fourth. Carmen Chan. There was no ransom note this time, and there were no new leads after a few days, unlike the others where the, the girls did appear to show up. So we're going to fast forward to April 11th, 1992, nearly a year to the date after Carmen went missing. A man walking his dog happened upon a skull with a few bullet wounds in the head. After a further sweep, they found the rest of the body. Forensics showed that it was the body of Carmen oh. Chan. The murder was done in an execution style. Investigators needed to know whether this was the work of Mr. Cruel or of someone else. The family owned two restaurants, and it appeared as though the perpetrator had a vendetta against the family, as shown by the graffiti. But Mr. Cruel had a history of laying false trails. Over 30,000 houses were investigated. Why did she get executed when the other girls had been released? The police have absolutely no idea. They only have theories. And even to this day, they have no idea why she was killed. However, the main theory is that Mr. Krull went to incredible lengths to keep his identity secret. And one of the theories is he accidentally revealed his identity to her and therefore thought he had no choice but to murder her. Yeah, I think that's more... Um realistically the the case like, because like we've seen with previous attacks like he's totally comfortable with like doing whatever it is he wants to do take a break make a snack do what he wants to do be courteous and nice and kind to the victim or whatever um and then you know lets them go um because because he's confident in the fact that no one knows who the fuck he is i think this is yeah that, yeah. Ma that makes a hell of a lot of sense that eva she put up too much of a fight and was more this is apologies for the way i'm about to word this either she was more hassled than what he thought was worth or she mm. did get an inkling of who he may have been or he revealed himself yeah um, yeah i think that's yeah quite likely but if you do get time go on to youtube there's some great documentaries um and the sort of plea that Carmen's mother put out to the public is is one of the most horrifying things you'll ever listen to. She's holding her um, Carmen's, I think it's a shirt, and she is just wailing, mm. like absolutely wailing for her daughter. Yeah, that's hard. And it's just like, oh, it, it's really tough to listen to. And her dad throughout all this time had to convince police that he wasn't involved in organized crime just because of the note left on the car that's just fucking mad isn't it red herrings yeah they they, they really do fucking work <laughs> yeah so now we sort of get on to the investigators did a very good job on this because mr crawl was very elusive but there were some things that perhaps could have done been done better during his first abduction there was a rope that he used to tie 
And obviously ropes sort of, they'll pull off hairs, they'll have DNA yeah. in them and things like this. The rope wasn't properly examined and I believe it was lost. Oh. And the, the detective on the documentary states that if he's going to make mistakes, he will have done it in the early days because he's only going to get better and learn more about how to do this. So they sort of really let themselves down mm. on that one. Um, one of the victims, I think, it, I don't want to name names in case I get this wrong, um, also stated that Mr. Crawl ejaculated in her. Mm. And investigators obviously took swabs, but again, they weren't properly examined. Yeah, it's a, that's a bit of a slip up. I don't, yeah. I, sorry, end, it's, it's, it's okay. the fact that the detective mentioned about um, if he's going to make a slip up, it'd be at the beginning. And I, 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 I kind of agree, but also looking through a lot of big time serial killers, you know, they, they tend to, when they get caught is when they make mistakes and they mess, they begin to make mistakes when they begin to feel like they can never get caught. Yeah, they, they get, get lazy, lazy. Uh, and I find it seems to have been. And listen, I'm not a detective. Uh, if if you didn't know, <laughs> dear listener, <laughs> I'm not a detective. I don't have vast amounts of experience dealing with murder cases, but we do talk about. I specifically do talk about a lot of nasty people, um, and they're they're overly cautious generally at the beginning, um, and then they start to relax and get more into the flow of things as they go along. But that's just my opinion. No, no, I, I completely go along with that. Um, I think there's stock in both. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, you've got to learn. You've got to learn your trade, I suppose. And yeah, you're going to make mistakes at the beginning. I get it. But you're going to be overly cautious still. Yeah, of course. At the end of a three-year investigation, police had seven suspects. Brian Engler was one of the suspects. He had previously been jailed for ten years in the seventies for assaulting young women. A balaclava and a knife was found in his attic. Despite being the prime suspect, there was zero evidence linking him to the abductions. However, there are many theories that others are leading suspects, which again, the police had a fucking hard time with this one. Um, who's... Sorry, 28... carry on. No, you Sorry. carry on. I've got a question, though, and I'll bring it up in a bit. Okay. 28 years after the abduction of Carmen Chan there have been no more abductions. People think he didn't want to kill Carmen and this scared him and therefore stopped. However, criminals don't normally stop until they're caught because their ego won't let them. So others think that he has died or was arrested for other things. Mm. Personally, I believe that he really didn't want to kill Carmen. If you're putting stock into the theory that he had his identity revealed and just felt he had no other choice but to execute her the second you begin murdering someone that takes it to a whole new level and i think he really he spooked himself and just packed it in mm, i don't know on that one i, I mean yeah granted people are different not everyone's the same i think the 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 typical trajectory is that you would continue to do this until it became boring for them and then they need to try and escalate things so it becomes more violent and then gets to a point of that that doesn't do anything anymore and then it be I think it would have escalated to a point of murder anyway I wonder whether it is a case of they either got caught for something else maybe moved on mm. to somewhere else um or died I, I, I 
that's not helpful, is it? It could have been either of those, but um, it's one of those that, like you said, you don't stop just for the sake of stopping. But then didn't the Golden State Killer stop? He just randomly stopped, didn't he? He was killing in like the 70s or 70s and 80s mm. and then they, he just stops and they only recently caught him. So maybe you can just sort of, maybe it's rarer to have those kind of people that just, they just stop, they've got their fix and they're just done. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so James, you'd have seen, I've just sent you a picture of a man. So when I typed yeah, in Mr. Cruel, this image is the up. first one comes up and I thought this was him, yeah. but then you said we don't know who the dude is. So who is this guy? No, I, I've clicked on the article um, and I have to pay, it's behind a paywall, but it was in 2020. Um, they haven't, that's the Golden State Killer. Oh, that would be who it is. Yeah, that makes sense. I thought I recognised the face, but yeah, it's bizarre, guys. If you Google Mr. Cruel, this will be the first dude that you see pop up. But I think it's obviously you'll also see the, the I think the image of Mr. Cruel. You're probably looking at now the balaclava with the the eyes and the mouth. It's fucking creepy. It is creepy. It's really creepy. Yeah, that's it. He was he was the boogeyman. He was at Australia's boogeyman, and probably still is. Um. So, well, what? So your 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 theory? You're putting your money on the fact that he got developed a conscience. I don't think he developed a conscience. I think he got scared of being caught. I think uh, one of the investigators said that he believes that to be, if you were a child molester, you aren't very good at thinking things through forensically about how to break into houses, not leaving evidence, and all this kind of stuff. Like you, you just want your sort of fix, as it were. But if you are an expert burglar, you are very good at breaking into houses and leaving no trace. Mm. So he thought that this was a burglar who saw opportunity, further opportunity, and that his sexual attraction towards young women and abduction and things like that is something that came later after he had sort of honed his trade as a burglar, as it were. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it is quite opportunistic. Yeah, I, I I don't see that personally. I don't know. I wonder whether he was law enforcement of some sort. Mm. So like, no. Yeah, to... could also be considering some of the girls went to the same school. Could have been a teacher. Mm, maybe. I do think law enforcement. Traditionally, we see like you know people that are very clever and very and they know what they're doing and they know what they're looking out for. You think law enforcement. You know what they're going to be searching yeah. for in terms of the evidence stuff, particularly. He knows what mm. he knows what they're going to be looking for, and so he's methodically cleaning his victims to try and leave no trace. He's probably seen yeah. burglaries before. Obviously, has done them a few times before, so knows what not mm. to leave and how to clean up after themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm going law enforcement somewhere, and maybe they left soon. I would be interested to see that. Be like, did any? police officer retire or quit and leave or get transferred somewhere else around that time mm. that's where I would yeah, be looking it'd be worth looking into I mean the case is still open so put in a line yeah I'm going to go to Melbourne uh, and and report <laughs> back <laughs> uh, the police never got to the bottom of the Mr. Crawl case and it remains open to this day however it did change laws because at that point you're ready for your mind to be blown Possession of child pornography was not illegal in Victoria, Australia. And obviously that's fucked up, Sorry. and it has since been made illegal. What? Yeah, mad. Mad. At the time, you're saying it was not illegal? Nope. But now it is. Now it possession is. Possession of 
possession of child pornography. Yeah. Do you think it's one of those... I'm not so sure about distribution. Do you think but... it's one of those, um, they just... Law had not caught up. It's not that they were okay with child pornography. It's just one thing that they'd never really thought of before. Because it was just sort of a, a, a thing that society just sort of did on itself. It's sort of an unwritten rule. You don't have child porn. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's one of those where you're, you're then forced to make a law because this has happened now. Yeah. I wonder whether yeah. it's that more than just being like, oh, we're okay with child porn. I don't think that was... Oh, no, no, it's, it's definitely not okay. Because it's you know what, that's a yeah, thing in Japan one. still, like, it's okay to have child pornography. Yeah, you get more time in prison for a small bag of weed than you do for child pornography. Yeah, like, it, to, to have your own collection is okay. I think that's still the case, because yeah. I think when we when we wrote the episode on um, uh, Satomo Miyazaki, was, was it Satomo Miyazaki? I think that was his name. Yeah, the claw hand. Yeah, 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 the claw hand dude. Um, yeah, like it's not illegal to have that, which is why like a lot of hentai is very childlike imagery. Yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? But I think they made it illegal in Australia because they definitely thought if you can get your hands on child porn, you're sort of like encouraging it a little bit, encouraging people to abduct children and sure. have sexual fantasies about children. For sure. I mean, Australia do seem to be quite good at making laws to counteract a lot of bad things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as they have, like, mass shootings, guns gone. Yeah, like, obviously, yeah, we did Martin Bryant with the Tasmania shootout and just immediately were like, nope, no more guns. Can't be trusted. <laughs> yeah. No more kiddie porn. But, yeah. So, police to this day still believe the killer's alive and over 27,000 people have been interviewed. Wow. That's a whole lot of people. And this is the last bit of my script, and I'm going to leave you with this just to chill you a little bit more. Um, this is a, a direct quote from Mr. Cruel to his first ever victim, the unnamed 11-year-old girl. And he said this to her when she was struggling as he was sexually assaulting her. My liberty, my freedom is more important than your life. Mm. Yeah. What does he mean exactly by that? His liberty and freedom to sexually assault whoever he wants is more important than her. He's she's just this plaything to him. Right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cruel, man. That's literally like Yeah, Mr. Cruel. Uh, yeah. Interesting name that they yeah. used, Mr. Cruel. It's fascinating, isn't it? It is it's very I mean what he did is is very cruel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's an understatement as well. Um, yeah, that is. It, it's. It, it's. I can't. I can't get over this thing of power. It's all about this power. Like my freedom and liberty is more important than your life. That 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 vibe. Like he, he seems to have this genuine belief that he is uh, an, an apex predator. That everything around mm -hmm. him is not worthy. It's that they are basically bugs beneath his feet. Um, yeah. Where does one get that? Oh, I'll be so fascinating to find out who this person was. That's incredible. I can't believe it. Must have fed into his ego so much as well that he never got yeah. caught. They never got close to being caught. Yeah. This is the thing. It's like, why does one stop doing that when you're on a on a win, isn't it? Like, to use a 
for, yeah. for want of a better term. Like. But but as you say, there is there is every chance that he moved away and is doing it somewhere else and got caught. He could have been picked up because obviously like criminals generally sort of running criminal sort of society could have been picked up for something else. Yeah. Could have, he could have died? That's uh, yeah, that's genuinely quite scary. Yeah, but this still haunts the people of Melbourne, particularly the fact that this can happen to to children in neighbourhoods, quite wealthy mm. neighbourhoods as well. Yeah, and there is absolutely no repercussion for the for the attacker. Wow. That's incredible. But man. yeah, that is Mr. Cruel. That is the real life boogeyman. Well, that's so because um, when you, when you're reading it, it it reminded me of um, uh, a, a one that I'm looking to do in the future. It's very sort of reminiscent, but at least that person was caught. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, mm. yeah, it's the mask and shit, man. It's the that mask is quite scary. Um, I'm yeah. gonna take your. Mr. Crawl, and I'm going to raise you a Jersey beast. That's what we're going to do at some point in the future. I've never oh, heard about that. Have no. a little... I think it's called the Jersey beast. Have a quick... Whilst you've got your phone on you right now, whilst we're on air, I want your immediate reaction. T- type in the Jersey beast. The Jersey beast, right? Keep talking. Yeah, it's... Because uh, I saw... I'm, Keep the people I remember seeing um, an image of this person. Oh! Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, good God. I know. I was like, oh, my God, that's really genuinely oh, no. scary. Oh, it freaks me out even more, the fact that uh, when you say Jersey, I immediately thought of, like, New Jersey in America, but no, Jersey, UK. Yeah, 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 just over the, oh, over why the that channel. Freak- oh. I'm sorry, America, but that really bothers me that it's closer to me than it is to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going to be done one day. Oh, that's fucking horrifying. Mm. Oh, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. That Less actually that. gave me a nightmare when I found out about that story. Yeah, I haven't looked into the story, but that face is enough to... Oh, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> All right, Mr. Crawl. Well, um, if anyone in Melbourne knows who this man is, please get in touch with uh, the police, not me. <laughs> yeah, we can do nothing about this, although we would be interested. So if this is how you want to reach out, ring us, and then we'll ring the police. Well, hopefully sometime in our lifetime that they, they figure out who the bloody hell this is, because... No, they figured I, out. I I hate unsolved mysteries. I it hate really it. pisses me off. Yeah, I don't like not knowing things. I mean, they they figured no. out the Golden State Killer. Surely they can figure this person out. Yeah, maybe. I don't, I don't know. It is really annoying. It's like Madeline McCann and all that. It just fucks me off so much. Ah, I just need to know. Yeah, we know about the Madeline McCann though. One. <laughs> oh yeah, it's parents. But, <laughs> oh, hey, I wasn't gonna go. There. Not allowed to say no, that. Um, it would be one of those because the Golden State Killer was caught by his family member. Was it like a nephew or something? Did his DNA test mm. and they were like, "Oh, hold on a minute, this lines up with whoever uh, done all these cases back way 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 back when when we had all this DNA, but we never figured it out." That is fascinating because if you go back and listen, obviously all of our episodes fucking link. Go back and listen to our Pitchfork murder. Uh, oh, yeah. What is it? Something Pitchfork, Colin Pitchfork case. Uh, that was set in the UK. That was the first ever use of DNA in crime ever, and that. Um, he was found because he was just bragging in the pub about it to his mate. Mm. Like, yeah. And then ever since then, forensic sort of in the database. If my DNA is not in the database because I'm squeaky clean and never been caught. However, if like my brother's DNA was in the database, then I got caught for something. They would then be able to be like, oh, he's with that. And then you're in the system forever. Mm. 
So you can be caught for crimes based off of your family, which is mad. It is mad. Um, if anyone's interested and you'd like an update on Colin Pitchfork, um, if you didn't know, oh yeah, he got released from prison. It was quite controversial in the UK uh, about six months ago or so um, because he, you know, he spent his time. And how old was the dude when he got caught? Because they were saying oh, it was a long, long time ago. He's learned. He's re- been rehabilitated. Mm. Blah blah blah. He's an old man now, isn't he? He's very old. He's a very old man. He's like late sixties, nearly seventies, or something like. Um, Mm. And so they were like, oh, yeah, no, release him. Like, he's not going to be much of a danger to society. So they released him. Um, he's back in prison now. Hmm. What did he do? I can't remember. But he's he's back in prison. I mean, he 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 killed... Oh, yeah, he was vile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he Raping and killing young women. Child or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was not nice. Not nice. Mm. Um, let me try and find it. Um... Recall to jail after approaching these... young women. For fuck's sake. <laughs> Double child killer Colin Pitchfork was arrested and recalled to prison because he had been approaching young women. A couple of two uh, teenage Yeah, girls. you just, just don't let him out. Nah. He's clearly incapable of keeping his hands to himself. And also, in terms of, like, the victim's family, like, oh, imagine that, knowing that your daughter's killer has just been released back into the fucking society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, I've seen a few of those cases of, like, um, dads in America or something, and they, like, flip out. They just lunge for the person that attacked their child yeah. in court. How would you? How could you not? Yeah. It's crazy. But, yeah, that was Mr. Krull. Well, thank you very much for giving our Australian listeners, of which we have many, um, nightmares again. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Australia. we've got quite a few Australian listeners that... Um, you know, were probably around, uh, like probably young kids themselves during. This well, the last time. one was what ninety two. There you go. Like that's only a year before I was born. So we definitely have Australian listeners from some of them from Melbourne as well. Oh hi, um, mm. that may be aware of this dude. Um, mm. You guys have got some Australian man. You need to sort shit out. You've got some dodgy people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really do. Yeah. Um, all right then. Well, so thank you very much for that, James. Uh, we obviously yeah, we were talking about Mr. Crawl. Um, if you don't want nightmares, you can obviously go back and listen to some older episodes that are a little bit nicer. Although they just everything has a tinge of shit. <laughs> I noticed that a lot of our episodes tend to have a tinge of shit with them. Um, yeah. But yeah, check out Mormonism Part One if you've not listened to that yet, because um, it I I think it's worth the listen, of course. Uh, but Mm-hmm. You'll be happy to know Mormonism Part 2 is complete. It is finished. It is done. And it just needs to be recorded and then edited and then put out, uh, which uh, we are hopefully going to do uh, this week, um, at the time of recording this week. Um, and, yeah, it will be out as soon as possible. So, yeah, look forward to that, guys. Um, it's going to get more interesting and uh, hopefully a bit more fun as we start to, you know, create the religion that is all-American. So yeah, thank you very much for listening. Make sure you support the show if you'd like to. Um, you can do so by simply going on Spotify and just giving us five stars, uh, which is so easy to do. And once you've done it once, you don't got to do it again. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that allows reviews, go ahead and review. Just say hi if you want to. You don't even have to do much. Or you could just say, I'm not listening to this show anymore because I don't like the way you spoke about Derek Okora. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm done. Not subscribed anymore. Bye. It's like, okay, off you go. Um, yeah, so you could do that. You could also support the show in other ways. You could always uh, donate to the show um, uh, your hard-earned cash if you'd like to part with it um, or head over to our store where you can pick up some merch. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys. We always appreciate you, um, you know, especially recently talking to us as well like like a few more people just being like hi guys love what you do and it's keeping me going whilst i'm at work so yeah hi if you're working right now hi make sure you crack on i hope you're doing really well you've only got a couple more hours left to go so you know push through um that's what i would need when i'm at work i need that i need that like just some random guy yeah. telling them to push yeah, through and then i'll be smiling to myself and then my co-workers are like what are you smiling at nothing it's fine just a guy yeah. in the uk just the- telling me to keep going <laughs> time keeps progressing yeah. every minute you listen to us is a minute closer to finishing yeah um that's what she said <laughs> i don't need a minute ryan i need 20 seconds <laughs> yeah i can go three times in a minute excellent <laughs> <laughs> it's not about quality oh wait that doesn't matter anyway no 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 it is, it is, it the quality. is. <laughs> thank you very much for listening guys and we will see you on mormonism part two the feathered prophet See you later. Goodbye.